Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. It's uh, like it's been the last couple of weeks, uh, unfortunately, because everybody else has been crazy busy. Um, it is father and son again, which is pretty good, actually, because, you know, we are the two uh, two brains of this of this you know show. Um, <laughs> Except when it comes to wide receivers in Arizona. Yeah, one of them. that's for me. Um, you know, we'll see how if it, you know what. I'm going to say we are the brains of this show just to see if they listen to this and uh, can make some comments. Say on anything. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are uh, got a lot going on in sports right now. I mean, a lot of big, you know, Stanley Cubs playing right now. We're actually the game's on right now. Uh, Colorado's up to nothing. And three the, one now. Oh, it's three one. Oh, I missed a lot. So. So happens when you're getting ready for a podcast. Um, and then uh, you got game six tomorrow night for the NBA finals. Baseball starting off, you know, we're getting a little warmed up now, we're getting a little heated in. And there's controversies. And oddly enough, I mean, football is always going to have controversies going on, but there's it's not the big talk isn't about football. The big controversy in sports right now is not dealing with football. We'll get to that. But I am going to start with the NBA Finals. Dill, I know you're a happy man right now because your team is up 3-2. After a, let's call it questionable game five. And I say questionable because there was a lot of no calls that should have been called on both sides. I'll say that. I'll be even. But how happy are you right now? Yeah, I mean, the officiating this series has not been good for either team. There's no. definitely been – there's been calls that – like, even watching the game, I'll be like, mm, Golden State got away with that one. Or the other way, and I'm like, oh, they did not get that call. Like, there's been a couple of Curry threes where he should have had four-point plays that he got hit and there was no call um that's just the point of the first things that come to mind but then there's been calls that are probably shouldn't have been called uh, aka the jordan pool flop <laughs> that that one oh, was pretty oh. that was pretty i the thing that i so i never i hate flopping i hate it with a passion oh, but the thing that got me the most was that he out marcus smarted marcus smart because that is the <laughs> marcus smart that is the marcus smart in chris paul like to a t and jordan pool out marcus smarted him and it was gold <laughs> I, all right i know it's not in our notes but i do have a question for you because we're talking about the calls clay's shoulder into Marcus Smart. I think that was more of a flop than it was a than it was a fight. He did kind of extend the arm. I was gonna say he extended the arm. But I don't know if he like necessarily so it's that's what it is. When you when you flop, it looks like Marcus could potentially have like pulled his arm a little bit as to make it look like he extended the arm as he's trying to flop and fall. Or if Mark or or if, yeah I like that one was a close one. I was kind of surprised they didn't call it but Especially since he uh, slid across the hole, <laughs> the yeah. hole like the, the, whole, the yeah he slid to the crazy, paint to, to the paint the the, wing. So all right, I do have another one that I thought game five last last game was a little um, suspect. Jordan Poole, I believe yeah, it was Jordan Poole because I don't think it was Gary Payton um, holding Grant Williams' arm. Did you see that? Uh, third quarter. That. Third quarter, and Pool, like Williams is going through him, like going trying to go, and Grant or and Pool like cups the arm, and then just you could see him squeeze it to like hold on to it, and Williams gets called for the foul, and is looking like, what are you talking about? And because they had already used their their review, they couldn't. Um, yeah, I didn't see that one. I did. There was a there was a missed call on Marcus Smart when he was setting a screen and Curry was trying to go around him to go to whoever, and Marcus yep. grabbed his arm and didn't let him go around. Yeah, and Curry was like, like, where's the call? 
So yeah, I, yeah the officiating I, like I said, has been subpar this this series. Um, yes. I do appreciate some of it in the fact that they're letting guys play, and it's not just like I feel like it was a game three or game four that there was like they called like everything, and that was infuriating. Uh, I don't remember what game it was, but there was one game in the series where they were calling like it felt like every ten seconds there was a there was a fl- or a, or a foul, and it was really annoying. So I appreciated in some of these games that they're letting them play. Uh, but the, the officiating is there's been some blatant calls that I'm like, ah, why is that not a foul? But yeah, so on both sides, yeah, I like I said, I agree with it. It has been most days. Um, so I got a question for you though, and I know I'm going to kind of go against this because it's you, you know, you're a Golden State fan, but besides Tatum. Who needs to step up big in game six in order there for there to be a seven? Um, uh, I mean, it's really easy to also say Jalen Brown. Yeah, I guess um, you're right. I mean, those that's I the mean, de- if I'm that- trying to if I'm trying to be a little little different and not go the easy route, I'd say it's probably got to be like Al Horford. Uh, like Marcus Smart has played pretty well. Uh, he's been pretty consistent. Season. He's not a great like he's not the big point scorer. I mean, yeah, he doesn't score a lot of points, but he's been efficient. I think he's shooting forty plus percent from three, yep. on a, uh, uh, right now, and so he's playing pretty well. But Al Horford, I mean, had the really big first game. Like I said, we were talking about that. Like I just didn't think he would have like a, a be consistent, and he hasn't been. Uh, I mean, he yeah. played thirty three minutes in game five with nine points. Did have nine boards, but he just hasn't scored a lot. He hasn't carried a lot of that load. There really hasn't been anybody who's done that. I mean, if you look at their bench, the Celtics bench, Grant Williams, one for two for with three points. Yep. Cornette, who played one minute, had th- one three. But uh, Derek White came in and played 21 minutes off the bench, Had was 0 for four with one point. Peyton Pritchard played five minutes, zero points. So, like, you're relying heavily on your starters. And so if that's what your rotation is going to be, which it seems like it's going to be is seven guys, essentially, the five plus Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard – or not Peyton Pritchard, Derek White, um, then Al Horford's probably got to be the guy that steps up. I mean, Robert Williams has had an amazing series. He's played really well as a defender in the paint. Jay, Marcus Smart has been consistent. Tatum and Brown, we've taken those out because – They've been a little inconsistent, but you you know that they have to play well in order for them to win. Right. So that leaves me with Al Horford needing to probably step up and give them well, a lot more, yeah. uh, not only offensively, but also defensively. And the reason I say Tatum, I mean, Tatum's still averaging 23-7-4, you know, in this series. It's not been pretty. You know, he has, he has missed some – you know, he's missed some some drives and he's one of the things that I heard and I agree with it because I've watched three of these, no, four of these five games. Um, I just missed the first one. He he's like every time he goes in for the in, into the drive, he's looking for the foul. Like he's playing hardened ball. And um he just needs to play basketball, just drive, just go. If they call it, they call it. If they don't, they don't, but stop looking for it. As, I heard he, an interesting stat today that Jason Tatum has not attempted a dunk all series. Really? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Hmm. But I agree, Jalen Brown would have been the easy question, the easy like has to step up. But he's actually been playing pretty good. He hasn't he's been, been pretty consistent. He has he's done his normal Jalen Brown type things. He's yeah, played, he's played good on defense and he's done his job offensively. I will say this. I really, I know he's hurt, but I would love to have Williams just pop off, you know, defensively. Like, and I mean, like, really, and I say defensively, like, he's sitting there blocking shots, being a terror, being a pain. And, you know, don't go in the paint because he will take it out. Um, Yeah. I think, well, Tatum struggled to go back to Tatum. He's shot what forty six percent from three or forty eight percent. It's he's shot really something like that. He has not shot. It from it from two, he's shooting. I think I saw today he's on pace for if the finals were to end 
like at the, right now. Right. He he would have the worst shoot two point field goal or paint shoot paint field goal percentage in NBA Finals history. Yeah, he has missed a lot of inside shots that normally he would make. And I think, like I said, I think I heard this today on on my drive in. Is it age or stage that is killing the seas? And both JJ Redick and uh, Stephen A said it's stage. It's it, I think know. JJ said age. I don't think JJ said it's the stage. Well, when he was on the radios, he said stage. He may have changed it later. Oh, because I was gonna say I felt like I heard him on this just in say that it was the age because he was I mad think... at Max for saying the stage. Okay, well. They, but he was like, I mean, I agree with the simple fact that, you know, the, the Warriors have been here. Most of that team has been here. This is what could be number four, you know, for most yeah, of that six team. Six and eight years. Six and eight years right now. And, but yeah, but most of that team, you know, you've got Clay, Curry, uh, Draymond, Iggy. I guess that might that's be right, it. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That might, yeah, yeah, I mean, all, they only have their core that's been there, and Iggy's not really played a whole lot in this series. Yeah, I don't. I haven't. Even, has he been in the series? I oh, Looney's, s- Looney's also part of the. Um, he's been in the finals before. I honestly, I didn't get to watch a lot all of Game Five, but I didn't realize he was in four minutes. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm actually. I know this is not on the topic because it's new news. Uh, we're kind of breaking news here. Uh-oh. The Mavs just traded for Christian Wood from Houston. Uh, they traded sending Christian Wood to Dallas for the number 26 pick and players, which include Boban and Trey Burke. So the Mavs are the Mavs are adding Christian Wood, who I like. I think that's a really good move uh, for for Dallas. Uh, I think that's going to give Luca a lot of help down low, some athleticism, uh, and some some paint presence. Uh, so I'm pretty. So that'll be a good move. I want to see what else they continue to do. But that's a pretty quick. That's a good quick move at the very start of this off off season for them. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're not seeing anybody at 22, that's a good move to get. You know, you got some actual capital that's already proven. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's a good thing. But we yeah. can continue with the finals. Right. I just wanted to bring that up. No, that's all right. Um, so you're my resident resident warrior expert. We've had this conversation on this podcast in this playoffs. Do you think the Warriors are going to give up game six to go back to Oakland? Not on purpose. I was about to say, and if so, is it going to be the biggest mistake of this series? Uh, I think it, it's a wild card. I feel like I said this before the finals even started. If it goes to game seven, I think the Warriors win it, but it's going to be a – it's not something they want to do. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to test fate. <laughs> at, at, uh, you don't want to test that. Uh, and that, that fate is named Jason Tatum. Uh, and so <laughs> I don't think that they want to test that, but I, I don't think they do it on purpose, but they haven't closed out any series this, this playoffs in their first attempt, uh, in uh, the series, the, I think they had Dallas what or Denver three Oh, and then they lost. And then they won in game five, same with, uh, they're similar in, um, Memphis series, the Dallas series. So, I don't think that they uh, – I, I think that they are going to give it their best shot. Um, and I think they do close it out in game six because I just think they want to get it over with. They don't want to test it because uh, you just never know what's going to happen. Because, I mean, I think – and I, I would still stand by that. I still stand by this. If Clay doesn't get hurt and tears ACL in that finals, I think they come back and win the series in seven, um, even without KD. But they don't want to test it. They don't want to get into game six or they don't want to push it to game seven. Someone, Steph Curry rolls an ankle in the first quarter in game seven and is out for a quarter or two or the rest of the game or or Draymond gets ejected or whatever happens. You don't you just don't want to test it. So I, I think right. they go into game six. And I think Steph Curry is going to have a, a substantial night 
for yeah, okay. after coming off after breaking his three year or four year streak of never miss or of making a three and at least one three in every game. So I think he's yeah. gonna come out and I was about out. to say I was about to say I think the fun fact that I heard on Tuesday was if I told you just plain Dylan, hey Steph Curry goes 0 for 9. The Warriors go 9 for 40 from 3. Curry goes 0 for 9 for 3. He only has 16 points. The Celtics went 11 of 30 for 3. Or I'm sorry, 11 of 32. Who won that game? Just stats alone right there. I mean, I thought the I thought the Boston should have won that game. There was no nothing in me that whole game. Every the whole game, I was like, this feels like game five or game four in reverse. Because in game four, Boston was playing really well, and Golden State was kind of just eh, going around, not really doing much. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I feel like this is a setup, and I like. And then Golden State won. In game five, I felt the same thing. Like Golden State was up, and they kept. Every time Boston started to make a run, they would push it down. And then I was like, this feels like game four. I was like, this feels like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's just in reverse. And I was like, I think Boston's going to come back and win this. And yeah, I was, that was it. that I don't think Golden State should have won. But yeah, when I saw that, when I, when it was, I think at five minutes left in the fourth quarter or something, or I don't remember how long it was. And I saw that Steph was like, oh, for eight or at that time, over oh, seven, I was like, just feed him until he gets one. I was like, I don't because they hadn't said the stat yet, like about him being the first time since 2018 that he's he's made a, a one three in every game he's played in since 2018. In my mind, I was just like, this feels like the first time in a really long time Steph hasn't made a three, at least one three in a game. And then that stat came out, and it was true. It's the first time actually in his playoff career he hasn't had a three in a game. Yeah which I thought was also interesting. So I was like, dang it. So I wish he would have, he would at least drop just one, keep but. feeding. Yeah. Well, the Warriors did win game five and it was by, it was, it was by like was the drive by the drive though of, of somebody you didn't expect. You expected either clay or Curry or Draymond to have great games. And then Andrew Wiggins shows up and plays Lights out. I mean, he was all over the court, dunking, driving, making plays that just did not – nobody expected from Andrew Wiggins. Not going to lie. This is the number – this is the number one pick in, what, 2016? 2015, 2016. 2015, yeah. 2016. And nobody wanted him. I mean, remember this. He got picked by – Cleveland got traded to Minnesota. Minnesota didn't want him. 2014, actually. I'm sorry. You know, he has never played great. And yet, game five, and this whole, actually, I think, I'm not even saying just game five. This whole series, this whole playoffs, he stepped up. Now, the one thing I heard was he has learned the role that he needs to be which his role is, I don't have to be the star, but I'm a pretty good playmaker. Do you think he can be a star, though? I don't think he'll ever be, a, like, an elite, like, number one on a mm -hmm. team. Uh, but I think he's a good number two and an even better number three. Um, I think he's right now – I. Honestly, right now, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I think the Warriors have two or three number twos. And you got Clay. No, yeah, it's three. Clay, Wiggins, and Poole. Like, you just need one of them to go off along with Steph Curry, or maybe two or three of them do well while Steph struggles, like, which is game five. Yeah. Wiggins had 26 and 13, and Clay had 20. Do you have 20? 21. He had 21. And he had five points. threes. He had more threes yeah. by himself than the rest of the Warriors had as that we had as a team. Yep. So, like, the Warriors have Steph, who's obviously the number one, but then they have three number twos. Um, 
and it's just a matter of what day of the week it is and which which one wants to which one plays the best. But I don't think Wiggins will ever be a number one. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. He, I think he has bought into Warriors culture. I watched an interview with him today. I watched part of an interview with him today. Uh, and he was saying, like, talking about the Warriors way and finding your role and doing, like, you just got to communicate. You've got to do this and that. And it was, it was very Warrior language, very a lot of Warrior-type language. Uh, and I think he's just figured it out and he just knows what his his role is supposed to be. But in the last two games, dude has had 43 points and 29 boards. Yeah. Like, he has played unbelievable. But like you said, throughout the playoffs, throughout the series, he's been the Robin that many of us thought that Clay was going to yep. be throughout the playoffs. Clay's had good, a, a good playoffs, but he struggled to start the this series. Games one through three, he struggles, but game four and five – or games one and two, he struggles. Game three, four, and five – He's averaging, I think, twenty-two points in those in the last three games well, on forty on forty-ish percent shooting. Um, so he's he's played better, but uh, but Wiggins has been the most consistent. I will say this: I'm I'm you, you know me. I am not a I am not a Warriors. I'm not going to sit there and defend the Warriors if I don't have to. But I will say this: Clay. Is coming back from this is his first. He even finished. He was only what half the season. He only gets to play, you know. So you give him a full off season, a full setup. I think next year he'll be back to more of like 2016. You know, game six. Oh yeah, he's gonna be next year's gonna be. I so mean, we, I'm not really I'm, looking I'm forward to like, the Warriors setup. Next I think year. the Warriors like. I think they outperformed what I think most people thought, including myself. Like, I thought they would be good and they'd make the playoffs and, and go deep. I didn't really think that they were going to be in the, the the finals and be up 3-2 with a chance to close out. And then, you like you said, not only do you bring Clay a whole offseason of health where he's not rehabbing, where he's not doing that. Who was the other get guy? James Wiseman. Right. You yeah. get James Wiseman, which is a big, a seven-footer that yep. we are missing. And you're going to get him back. So it's like you're dropping in a number two overall pick along with a fully healthy clay. And, and then you're still keeping most of the core that's, I mean, that's been playing. And then you had Jordan year. Poole and, and Gary his Payton. rise. Gary Payton's still good. You got Kaminga, who showed a lot of flashes this offseason, this year. Yeah. So it's like you have a lot of really promising potential in this team. Like Andrew Wiggins is only 27. James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, Kaminga, all super young guys, along with Clay, Steph, and Draymond. I will be interested to see what type of stuff we add in this offseason. I'm pretty sure Iggy's retiring. I don't uh, think so. And and, and then uh, – but, like, Otto Porter, I think, is on a one-year deal. You have a lot of guys on one-year deals. So how do you replen that roster, and what do you add to the roster to supplement that? Do you make a big move? Do you do you trade someone? Uh, do you trade a Andrew Wiggins? Do you trade a Draymond Green? I don't think you trade Draymond, but I, I don't think like, you trade but, Andrew. I mean, he is now like, finally making that moment. Like, are you gonna make Jordan Poole continue to stay on the bench? Like, because if you have Wiseman and you're bringing him back, like, do you is Jordan Poole your sixth man? I think Jordan Poole would be fine with that because. You, he, he can still play 35 minutes a game, 30, 35. He's just not coming off at the like as a starter. But I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what we do if we're gonna try to put Jordan Poole in the in the uh in the starting lineup this offseason or not, or if we're just gonna make him play off the bench as the sixth man. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm not gonna lie. Wait and see what happens. Um well, I have we could one be last... a lot better next year. I got one last question for you. It wasn't on the it wasn't on our um agenda here but i have to ask this in your opinion what tier would you put steve kerr as a coach if they win this finals i think he's in the he he to use terminology that you often use he has a seat at the table as one of the greatest coaches of all time okay who's on that table you don't Phil, mind me asking. I think Phil, Pat, 
um, Pop. Those are three guys off the top of my head that I think come off that that I think are uh, Pat might be a little bit of a stretch. Um, but, oh no, I would put Pat in heartbeat. I'm, right. I don't want to argue with that one, but I mean, I mean I'm not saying he's not at the table. I think I think I think to say he's at the table doesn't mean he's like like there. But I think Steve Kerr definitely. I mean, four champion. This would be four championships in eight years as a head coach. Um, that's I mean. And rivaling many, and that's four years four championships in eight years and six of those eight he was in the finals yeah so i mean that's approaching pop that's pop has five i think yeah phil pop obviously has five, has, phil, phil has eight yeah uh i don't remember how many Pat no. has as a coach phil has eight he's got six with six bulls I thought he had with, three. I thought he had oh, three. he's got nine. He's got yeah. nine. Because he, he had the three Pete with the he has with nine the Lakers. I think he has nine. He has he has ten altogether because he has one as a player. I remember that. Yeah. All right. So, but yeah, so I think he's definitely in the conversation. He's he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I no. think if he if they win this, I just had to ask you. I just wanted to see because I it was it, again. It was also on Keyshawn J. Will. It was at the end of the show. Um, he's also one of the greatest in-game adjusters of all time, I think, as a head coach. I could see that one. That's a I different conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Just because, I mean, you think of the Warriors, third quarter. Like, they come out and they like dominate in the yeah. third quarter. Yeah, he's one of the best in-game adjusters. He can adjusters. change, yeah. yeah. So, all right. We're going to talk to the subjects we really have rarely done so far this season. Um, we're going to go into the MLB. Uh, I, I'm only kind of doing this because, you know, feel like i lost a bet even though we didn't bet this past weekend um because your yankees spanked the just smashed <laughs> I, I don't i think like the office pickup baseball team showed up for, instead of the cubs um oh good you tell me that i would have i definitely would have i would have agreed that that was what happened <laughs> <laughs> so I know that the Yankees were having issues about three weeks ago. What has turned around and why did they look so good lately? Just as the FYI, it was a 25 to 8 series. Was the Okay, we didn't need to know. <laughs> I, I just people want to know. Um, no, I mean, I th- think it's been a combination of a few things. Um, I think it's been the fact that the Yankees have been healthy this year which is something you have not been able to say about <laughs> for a while. For a while. Uh, they've been healthy. Knock on wood. Hopefully they, they stay uh, they stay healthy. Judge has been in the lineup. Stanton's been in the lineup most of the year. Rizzo has been in the lineup most of the year. They just haven't had a lot of injuries so far, which I feel like is a regression to the mean because I feel like the last like four or five years, it's just always injury, 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 injury. So to see them healthy right now is really good, especially Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has uh, cut down on the strikeouts. It's his lowest strikeout rate of his career uh, is this year, uh, which is a huge year for him because it's a contract year. <laughs> uh, and so he uh, he's trying to make that money. But uh, they've just played really consistently. They haven't struck out near as much as they, they had in the past uh, because they were striking out at just unprecedented rates um, for most of this season or most last couple of years. Um, and so that's a really uh, encouraging thing for me as a fan, uh, seeing them uh, seeing them uh, not strike out near as much. Uh, they're averaging about eight strikeouts a game. I, if I had to put money, they were probably averaging 10 to 11 strikeouts a game in the, over the last couple of years. Uh, especially Judge and Stanton and those guys, but they've cut down on that. Uh, and then they've actually got pitching. That might be one of the most underrated thing. We think of the Yankees, you think of Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, uh, LeMahieu, you think of Glaber Torres, you think of all those guys. But as a as pitchers, I mean, we have a team. Uh, I forget what our team ERA is right now, but our team ERA is, I think, fairly low. It's a 2.81 team ERA, which is really good. Yeah, that's really good, actually, yeah. Uh, and we have just guys as starters. Garrett Cole hasn't played well. Like when Garrett Cole, the guy you paid a billion dollars essentially, like to come play for you, 
is your quote unquote worst pitcher with a three worst starter with a 3.33 ERA and 91 strikeouts. I mean, he has the most strikeouts, but your worst ERA, I think you're doing pretty good. Uh, I mean, you've got Nestor Cortez with a sub two ERA. You've got Severino and Montgomery with sub two eight ERAs. You got Talion with a sub two with a 2.93 ERA. Uh, and they're just, they're doing really, really good at keeping runs off the board and pitching really well. Uh, we have good closers. We have a good bullpen. We just honestly have just been in like overall, just a well-rounded team. This is the best Yankees team that's we've probably had as a whole, probably since we won the world series in 08. Yeah. I agree. I could agree with that one. I mean, it. I had to watch. I didn't watch games. I watched highlights. I'm not gonna lie, because I was just getting mad because I kept seeing alerts. Um. So. I, I okay because I'm a Cubs fan. Um. I'm gonna pour a little salt on some wounds. Uh. Last night. St. Louis Cardinals. Miles McCallis. One pitch, not not one out, not one inning, not one one pitch from a no-no. And just a line drive, you know, just a little flyer. Who I don't know the center fielder for, for St. Louis offhand. I couldn't think of his name. It was um what's his name? Continue. I, I know the name. And he uh Harrison Botter? Yeah, Bader. Bader. Yeah. And he uh he missed it and they lost the no-no. I mean they won the game, don't get me wrong. But the top gun wannabe, you know, with his little mustache he had going on, did not get his no-no. Don't get me wrong, I was not unhappy about that. Uh yeah, that's that's heartbreaking though. You're a St. Louis fan. You're a St. Louis fan. It's just so hard to get to to that point. You have one strike, and all like all you want is to get. And they wanted. And the worst part was, is I I saw stats they were wanting to pull him, but left him in just so he could be there for the you know just so he could finish the no no. Well, yeah, they pulled him right after the hit. Yeah. So he had like 129 or 100 something pitches. I was like, yep. no wonder he got the dinger. His arm was tired. His noodle. So I just say that, you know, just had to just had to pour a little salt, make myself feel a little bit better since, you know, my Cubs have just basically done absolute trash. Uh, and on that note, we are going to go to a break. And when we get back from break, we are going to do something a little different. Uh, and we'll show we'll We'll explain what that's going to be after the break. All right, guys, we're back, and usually we're sitting here and discussing something with the NFL. Um, training camp did start yesterday, um, so I am going to bring that little nugget in for some teams, not all teams. But we're not going to talk about that today. I said at the beginning we got a controversial topic. We're going to – Dylan, yours and I is one of our favorite pastimes when we get to hang out together, and that is go and play around a golf. You mean me beating you and you just uh, That's probably only happened once. It's okay. And that was the last time, so we can we can say that. Uh, and that's because, you know, hadn't played in a couple of years. So, And I'm not, you know, I didn't live right next to a golf course, unlike somebody. And yeah. wait, what, what course did we play at? Oh, we played at the course that you play at all the time. Yeah, well, I went and played <laughs> golf for the first time in like two months. Yes, the other day, and it was not as pretty as I would have liked it to be. Yeah, see? Uh, You're two months. Mine was two years. Let's see how that goes, huh? So, all right. So, controversy is there's a new player in the league. There's a new, and I say player, I'm saying, in, in tournaments, and that's the LIV. The Live Tour. The Live Tour. And it has, I guess, threatened the PGA Tour in a sense. I say that because it's taken a lot of 
players from the PGA because they could get better money, bigger money, higher purses. Yeah. Um, Okay. First things first. Are you, how do you feel about the live tour? Uh, I mean, I'm interested to see how they develop it. Cause I think right now there's only eight events. I, it's I don't eight think there's 10. I thought it was yeah, there's 10. Not many, there's not many events. So like, is the live tour only going to be a, like a part-time thing? Like, are you only playing 10, like 10 events a year? Uh, and then, but, but the thing that'll be in, like, I, I don't hate the live tour. I mean, guys are going to make their money. If someone offered me a hundred, like for Dustin Johnson, like if someone offered me a hundred million dollars up front to come play in my tour, I mean, that's pretty difficult to turn down. That's a hundred well, million dollars. And, and that's then my Phil thing. get offered like $200 million to go like, I'm like, uh, that's a lot of money to yeah. turn down to go play golf and, so, and have like, a better shot to win. Yeah, I mean they do, which in a way is how why I also agree with Rory McIlroy, who has been a, a starch opponent to the Live Tour, right? Is because it is the easy way out. If you want to go win a bunch of tournaments, you go play because a lot of the guys that left are the a little bit of the older guys, like yeah. Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na. Uh, guys like that who have gone over there to play, but then you have some young guys like Bryson DeChambeau and I think Chase Kepka and some yeah. guys like that um, that went over there who are probably significantly better. Like DeChambeau is better at this stage of his career than a Phil Mickelson or maybe even a DJ. Yeah. DJ's probably still there, but that's kind of an easy way out to go get wins and go do stuff like that. So I, I agree with Rory that it's the easy way out because like, if you watch the RBC Canadian this past weekend, that was good golf. Rory, JT and Finau, the final th- threesome coming down, like played the whole round together and they're all three going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like trying to, to, to catch Rory. And so that was a heck of a, the closing round uh, for the RBC and I don't think you're going to get much of that in the live. You might have some good, like yeah. one or two, like some pairings that are close, but like you're not going to get a, a really because that field was super competitive this this weekend at the RBC. So I'm so I just don't think you're going to get the same competitiveness in the live tour, but you can't blame guys for going over there to get well, okay, hundreds of so, millions of dollars. And that's my one thing is, is I understand. Rory's upset because of that. But dude, you were like 20 and you signed a hundred million dollar contract with Nike for you know. I mean, you got your money young and quick. You can't get mad at some of these players that aren't gonna be great like you in the tour and going to the live tour where they can get better money for themselves long term. You know, I don't think him is the money though. I think it's more just the competitiveness. Like, well, I, I know, like, because he's he's mentioned multiple times taking the easy way out. You're not going to play against the best of the world. You're going to play against some of the best of the world from 10, 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> like, well, the one thing I will say this is is there's a lot of people that have gone over to the live tour, but the one person that's getting all the funk for it is Phil Mickelson. No, that's it's, also because of what he said. Yeah, <laughs> true. But I think I think right now, you know, this week's the U.S. Open. Um, players are I, – I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I, I saw something where players from both the Live Tour and current PGA are going to be at this thing. Yeah, Bryson, Dustin, Phil. Phil. Patrick Reed, I think, are all yeah. playing in the, the U.S. Open because it's not run by the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour suspended those guys, but the PGA right. Tour does not own any of the majors. They right. don't so, own the, the U.S. Open, the Open. They don't open own the Masters. They don't own any of so, that. And in all honesty, I think here's my take on this. is I, I Like you said, with Rory's little, you know, taking the easy way out. The four tour, the four 
golf, the, the majors are the four biggest, you know, events and everybody's going to be at them. Well, Everybody. that's the thing. That's the thing is that those invitations are based on the WGA, the world golf ranking, right. or the WGR. And the live isn't a part of that. So those guys that go play for the next couple of years, oh, I, I don't think they're going to get points for what they're doing. So it's going to make it really hard for them to qualify for those, especially if they're not able to play on PGA Tour events uh, because they're suspended. See, I didn't so, know that one. So that so they might be able to play in the 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 U.S. and the Open, the last two majors of the this year. But going into next year or the year after, that's where it gets tricky for them. Unless the World Golf Rankings allows the Live Tour to be a, a viable point system or point to get points from them or whatever, which it, the, the Live has to meet certain requirements and whatnot for that to happen then the they might not get um they might not be able to come back just based on world golf rankings not because they're suspended or anything like that just because they just wouldn't qualify did not know that portion of it so that makes that does kind of change it up a little bit so i guess maybe if you're getting more money you're not really getting to have the prestige that you could be getting at other things i mean don't get me wrong someone like phil mickelson He's at the end anyway. Someone he's playing for the money, not for the trophy anymore. He's got the trophies. He's got, you know. Um, so but it did up the purse. That that's I don't know if you saw the US opened up their purse now since the live tour. The live tour, whoever won this weekend won like four million bucks, which is the highest purse ever. The US Open, the winner gets five mil this year. They just upped it today. Oh, I didn't see to, that to make to make it the highest purse ever in a in a PGA in a, in a well, golfing say, event. You can't just have one the first like you know one of the first matches in a live be the highest thing when you've got stuff like the Open, the Masters, all these things. They have to be the big. Yeah, um, and they, so they upped it today, and it's five mil now. Oof, that's that's a. Oof. I need a, you need to play better golf. Come on, go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'll devote the next year to it and try to see yeah. if i can cut my time down or yep. cut my score down yeah uh so okay with this all going on right now do you see what do you see as the future of golf do you see somehow this comes together in a way do you see this could fall golf could fall apart I think, well, I don't think golf holds apart because no one's talking about golf more. Uh, they're talking about golf more now than they have been in the last, I don't know how long. Since Tiger Woods was like really good. Yeah. Uh, and so they, I don't think it ruins golf. Uh, and golf is in the best, and I don't know if this is controversial or not. Golf might be in the best spot it's ever been in. That's what I'm there's, saying is. is there's, there's not, there's so many talented guys that I honestly think it's going to be impossible almost to, to break. Is it Nicholas's 2023 or however majors Uh, it is like, I think it's going to be impossible. There's just so many guys who can win any given week because they're all so stinking good. Uh, And it's, it's going to be really hard. Like I think if someone in this generation or in the coming generations breaks Nicholas's record of majors, they're easily the greatest golfer of all time. Like, Cause it's just an impossible, I think it just, it's just so stacked, but I think it's going to come to, for these live golfers, I think it's either going to be a, these are the only things that I think, I think a live gets accepted by the world golf rankings and it, um, and it continues or B it doesn't and they reject it. And the tour dies in the next two to three years because i think i think at some point guys are going to realize like money's gonna be great but i need like i i can't play in these majors like if i want to be known for as a golfer who's one of the greatest of all time like i gotta be over here playing for these majors i think that's what i think or uh secret option c is that they get don't get uh, they don't get accepted by the World Golf Ranking, but the PGA Tour somehow allows them to play on the PGA, so they can play. If Live only has ten tournaments, they come over and play 
a couple PGA events so that they can maybe qualify for the ma- the majors and then go play live. But I don't think the PGA is going to. It would take I think a, a huge turn from the PGA to 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 allow that to happen. So that's why I say it's like secret option number C because I don't think it happens. Or but, I could say secret option D. And the live ends up making their own tourney, their own majors, trying to get them as big as they are. I mean, you got to remember a major was once just a tournament that people wanted to get to go. And it became this. If the live really wants to build and they're not going to be able to do, you know, because of some sketchy things that they're tied to, if PGA won't take them in, World golf won't take them in. They could create their own and see if it'll happen. If it if it it'll build, they could. I don't think it builds. Uh, maybe I'm just a pessimist and think that the PGA is. I don't think the PGA is perfect, but I think the PGA is long-standing. And we could say also say the PGA. The PGA. We could also say the PGA at some point had to start, and, and which is accurate. But I just there was a. I don't. Maybe I'm not I'm not a golf aficionado when it comes to history, but I don't know if there was really many tournament like competing tours when the PGA began. No, uh, there wasn't. I wouldn't be able. I don't. I I could be wrong on that, but there I don't was. Know. Well, I'll say this: there was the Americans having their own golf games, and over the Europeans having their own at the beginning before it all kind of cycled through together. So yeah, so I, I I don't see live unless live gets accepted by the world golf ranking. I don't really see it lasting um, super long unless guys just really don't care, um, yeah. which that could be the case that they really just don't care. But I think it's gonna be they either need to get accepted or the tour is probably gonna fade at Fizzle. some point because I just don't think it'll draw the fanfare either. Uh, yes, like, I agree to, to make a lot of money. So I could be wrong though. I don't know. That's Tell me this. Do you think that for stuff like this right now with a major of a USO, not the US Open, the Open Championship coming up? I know it's all being talked about, but does it hurt golf? Mm, with all no. this, with this going on right now during a major? No, but I do think it's taking attention away from the major and those in it okay. uh but it's good for golf i mean any like most any talk about the golf tell is you, good. most most any marketing person will tell you like bad pr good pr it's pr yep. uh and so they're getting pr and and i like i think that's good but i think it's taking away from golfers because i mean like you have guys you can look at this week and say like okay i think the, these guys are going to win, and you can say that about every tournament. But I think, like, I mean, going into this year, Scotty Scheffler is probably one of the hottest golfers in the game. But, like, Rory's coming off of a win. JT just won the last major, and he almost won this past weekend. Scotty Scheffler was in contention. Um, Tony Finau, yeah, I don't know if he's won a major yet, or he might have won one, but he's he played well. Like, you have all of these guys that are, that are coming potential- up that like going into this u.s open that could win not to mention dustin johnson who's won a lot of majors over the last couple of years bryson dechambeau who won a major not too last long year. ago yeah last year the year before so yeah. you have those guys coming from the live tour who are gonna, who could be potential potentially in contention same with patrick reed hmm. who won a who won phil mickelson won the uh pga last year so yeah. so you have guys at the I mean, honestly, you could throw out probably one of 20-ish names, and I would say, yeah, they probably have a good chance. Do you think it would be big if somebody from the Live won the Open Championship? Uh, the U.S. Open? Yes. I think that would be – Oh, yeah. That would be – I forget who it was today. It might have been – Oh, Michael it was Collins. Uh, it was Michael Collins saying that the nightmare scenario for the PGA Tour is that Sunday comes and it's – Justin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau in the final pairing with like Rory and JT in the second pairing or vice versa or whatever. And then it essentially becomes the live tour versus the PGA tour or something like that. And I think like it is a nightmare scenario because if 
the live tour guys win, that's a nightmare scenario for the PGA. But if they don't, it's a good scenario. But I think it brings a lot of attention to golf because, I mean, I'm going to be watching anyways this weekend, but I will definitely be tuned in and locked in if it's 2v2 almost and it's PGA versus live or the final pairing is Dustin, Bryson DeChambeau and Rory or JT or one of those guys that's been super outspoken against the live. If they're in contention in the final pairing or the final two pairings with a with the live guy, that's going to be really interesting. I also yeah. want to see how the the fans treat these live guys, especially Phil. Uh, this uh, week, well, I think I think people. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple guys get tossed. I was gonna say I think the problem's going to be is Phil's going to have issues because of other things before he even joined the live. So this is his first tournament back since that. Um, so I, I think that's going to have to be, it'll play a little bit on it, but yeah. So I don't know, I guess, yeah, I, this is going to be a very fun tournament this week. I'm just kind of ready to see it. You know, it starts tomorrow. See how it goes. Yeah. I'm not really sure who the pairings are tomorrow either. I haven't really. I haven't seen that at all. And honestly, I'm on I'm on ESPN right now, and I haven't seen. I don't even see that it's showing the pairing yet. So, um, on that note, we are going to end this this week's cat broadcast. And you know, like I said, my my little note before we start talking about golf is is training camps have started. So yes, football will be back next week. Um, hopefully we may have Josh on soon because, you know, it is the Stanley cup. It is something to talk about, even though, uh, his favorite team, his favorite team is in the Stanley cup. So I know he's going to want to talk to about them. Um, and if you don't know what, who that is, you should be on next week and listen to next week's episode. Cause it's, it's going to be some fun talk. All right. On that one, we will talk to you next week. Thank you.